This is C.S. Fritz. And from my poetry book entitled Moth, this is Tragedy. Preachers possessed by the stiff-legged devil known as ego or more ironic than flowers which bloom from cemetery soil, releasing their sermons like licking leeches, slurping the dregs of social media praise. Do you smell the kidney stones in your orthodoxy or sense the hardened fat in your theological arteries? May pebbles from the runes of Babel fill your shoes. Today, I am so excited to be talking with C.S. Fritz, who you just heard reading from his book, Moth. This is Poet Kind Podcast, and I am your host, Susan Mulder. Welcome to this week's episode. C.S. Fritz is a multi-talented poet, artist, designer. Well, the list could go on, but I will just let our conversation take care of the rest. Casey, I want to welcome you to Poet Kind. I am so excited to have you join me here. I just really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to sit with me today and, and have a little talk about poetry and other things. Susan, uh, honored to be here, honored to be a guest. Thank you so much. I was introduced to you and your work. Uh, a friend of mine gave me a copy of Moss. And th this is a friend who knows how I think, um, how I approach the world. And she mm. sent me a text one day, I'm so excited. I'm sending you something. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but you'll know the minute you open it. I texted her, I don't know, a couple days later. And I said, I just got the mail and I have a really long driveway. It's like a quarter of a mile. <laughs> okay. And whenever I get a book in the mail, I rip it open. It's the first thing I do. And then I, I can tell Same. by the time I'm home, if I am gonna like the book. Okay. I walked so slow going back. <laughs> I like I got to the front porch and I sat down on the front porch and I basically did an, an initial read through before I even made it in the front door. I was so excited. Oh, wow. So to get a chance to talk with you about this is, is going to be a highlight for me. Oh, that's very, very kind of you. Thank you so much. Those are sweet words. I would like to just start at the beginning. What can you tell us about yourself, how you have found yourself writing Moth and your process? And, you know, we'll start with an introduction first. Tell me about sure. you. Yeah, um, I think probably some of the quick hits would be um, been with my wife for 19 years. Um, we have two children, a 14 year old son and a 12 year old daughter and we live here on the East Coast. And uh, as far as vocation goes, I, I have the absolute honor and joy of being a full-time writer, illustrator, and um, a lot of my work and my wife's works within Bookcraft. And so we're around books um, constantly. And so those are some of the quick hits, but as far as an introduction goes, I mean, I'm kind of moved all over and we can kind of go down any path you want to go down, but it's one of those things where there's a, probably a lot of childhood tragedy, which feeds into the art, which feeds into the poetry. There's a lot of moving around, sort of a nomadic lifestyle, um, a lot of parental wounds. Um, and if anybody were to read Moth would understand there's an, there's an element of 
some some faith aspects to all of it and sort of the understanding of darkness to light and spirituality and wrestling with hard questions um not even that less about god but more about what it means to be somebody who's trying to follow or understand or love or study god in light of today's climate and so on and so forth so those are some of the I guess the swift movements to explain who I am in a nutshell that brought me to the point of moth and poetry. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, or the issue about faith, because that is mm -hmm. one of the things that that struck me. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm thumbing and I'm trying to find it, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pretend I know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> You know, you talk about faith and you talk about asking those questions, saying those things out loud that yeah. we're not allowed to do. Yeah. And I think that was probably, you know, that that ignition spark for a firework when I opened your book. It was like, and then the explosion. It's like, okay, you are, it's no holds barred. It's poetry. So there's there's going to be that maybe a side entrance to something or right but there's no there's no vagaries as far as you are you're laying out some hard truth and some very real emotions feelings thoughts and you're putting it on a page in a way that not many people do yeah um i appreciate you saying that uh i think the moth should be was helpful for me as far as discovery or at least making like actualizing a reality of discoveries that I've sort of discovered over my, you know, plus 20 years of understanding God, following Christ kind of a thing. I I think I was just trying to get out there some frustrations, but actualize it. And and moth was written in hopefully in such a way that anybody from you to whoever else may read it might be able to go, okay, there's some alleviation here of some frustrations I've had with mostly Christendom and mostly uh, pastors. Um, I was a pastor for over 20 years and I found myself by the end of it going, I don't like pastors. I just realized I do not like pastors. Um, that was my own path and my own journey as to why I believe they're needed and, and I respect the office. But as far as some of my own discoveries, I needed to just push out that in a way that hopefully was beautiful as far as the books lay out and hopefully was as raw as possible. I think Moth's attraction mostly as far as I would look at it is less that I'm probably a gifted poet and more that I just try to be as honest as possible mm -hmm. about things that feel a little bit um, you shouldn't be that honest about the things that should be a little bit more placated or plastic or be careful or it's irreverent, but that's not the way I see the Bible being laid out. That's not the way I see the book of Psalms being laid out. So I can go on and on about that all day, but that was really what I was trying to do was I think chisel away some of people's, um, soft Christianity, soft faith and go, no, God's bigger than your emotions. God's bigger than your understanding of him. And, and I think moth was my small way of trying to do that yeah I, I think he did it quite brilliantly because i came away very excited um as a person i consider myself a person of deep faith mm -hmm. but i also feel so constrained because my truth my mm -hmm. writing mm -hmm. i don't i'm not always 
it's hard for me to sugarcoat. And then when I do, I feel like I'm being disingenuous. I've recently been told, told I have an issue with the truth. I mm. just can't avoid opening my mouth and saying <laughs> <laughs> or writing down um, what I'm thinking. And oh, so, so the person who told you that or you, your discovery of you have an issue with truth is that you are a truth teller. That's your issue is you're too honest. Right. I don't, oh, wow. you know, okay. if, if something hurts, I say it hurts. If there, if there's something right. that is, you know, it's like, why can't you just not talk about it? And then it's oh. like, oh, I can't do that. I just can't do yeah. that. So seeing and reading your book, it was like a big inhale. Hmm. Like, ah, oh, I can, okay, this is there are people who do this. There are people who are actually honest when it comes to, you know, what they're perceiving and what they're experiencing when it comes to that realm of, of faith and faith right. in real life. Because if you're, if you're living, if you're living a deep faith, you're living a deep life. Right. And to try to separate that so that you can write poetry that makes people happy. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, it's, it's either, I don't know, us and them. I hate to say that. If you write from a spiritual standpoint, yeah, then the world looks at you as if you've been your milk toast and watered down. But yeah. if you write from a world perspective, yeah, you're suspect, yeah, in the spiritual circles. Yeah. And I feel that you're hundred percent correct. And I feel that both of those, liberal or conservative circles, whatever you want to call it, both of those circles, the Jesus that the Bible lays out, that Jesus or that understanding of even God or whatever you want to say, um, would be ostracized from both. He would be absolutely ostracized from both. And so there's a, there's a line in Moth where it says, if Jesus didn't offend, you know, fit into the religious agenda of his day, what makes he fits into ours? Um, makes him think he fits into ours. And so, yes, I think you're right. And I think that's where people are leave Moth attempted to try to show that whatever smoking like grabbing of smoke of religion or faith or spirituality that we think we have it is truly grabbing at smoke meaning there's so much bigger there's so much more to it and i've learned at least in my walk as a pastor or as a poet or as a writer or as just a person of faith that usually the greatest steps of growth live beyond whatever I think God is or Christ is or faith is. And so once I start to go into those, you know, I start to trespass and go into those territories, that's where the idea of God gets bigger or poetry is birthed from or so on and so forth. So all I say all that to, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm, I'm curious what, what, what was the motivation to come at this from a poetic position as opposed to you know being deliberately didactic and writing mm. essays and and that sort of thing that's a great question um probably fear <laughs> uh there's probably a bit of fear that i think creatively people can write it off as to it's symbolic metaphorical whatever abstract to come out and say it's probably a little bit more easy to scrutinize or critique and i think i probably wanted to put my toe first into those 
icy waters before diving in and just to see the feedback. I mean, it says literally on the front of the book, C.S. Fritz hesitantly presents. That, right. That it's, 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 a, it's very honest that this is a book shrouded in my uncomfortability and my fear. And so I think that was probably it. And while at the same time, I think I, at the same time, I don't know any other way of confession besides trying to turn it into something artistic or poetic. Um, that's how it, things minister to me. And so I thought hopefully that could minister to somebody else. For one thing, yeah, it definitely did. It did reach a place um, for me and also for my friend, Chris, because she clearly knew that I was going to connect with this. Um, mm. It's like you've opened, you've opened a Pandora's box in a way, um, but in probably one of the most beautiful ways I've mm. seen done. Because your thoughtful presentation, one of your work, the book itself, I mean, you, you created a work of art that it wasn't, you didn't make it pretty to soften the blow. You made it beautiful as a whole. Mm -hmm. And that, um, I think that takes a, a lot of guts, but also a tremendous amount of, of talent too, mm -hmm. to pull it off and make it, make moth what it is. So that's, a, that's very, very generous of you. Truly, it, it really is. Um, it means a lot because I am a bit afraid of this book, <laughs> if that makes sense. So yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And um, gosh, thank you. Now you say afraid, why are you afraid of it? To be honest, you know, like I said, I, I've been a pastor for 20 years and this book is a, in some way uh, an affront or an attack on the the abused office of pastoralship or eldership. And in a lot of ways, um, it's extremely honest. If my father were to get a hold of this book, you know, mm -hmm. every other page is about father wound. And uh, there's it's so raw. Majority of these poems were were cleaned up in the end when I was ready to print it. But majority of these poems were written in a journal that I wrote when I was a pastor and. Los Angeles, and I would write something down as a thought. Like I said, I cleaned it up later, but I thought these were these were times that my most broken state or fractured state that I was sort of spewing things. And then when I went through all of my black journals and collected them, I just realized that I was grabbing remnants of pieces of me that were completely shattered by somebody or someone or a pastor or God himself. And I tried to put them in here. And so there's fear on so many different levels. As a son, there's fear as a pastor. Um, there's fear as somebody who could, I guess, just, I don't want to offend or hurt anybody, but I do want to cause discomfort and whatever needs to be shaken within somebody in regards to the faith or their own, you know, quote, air quotes here of journey. So I, I think that's it. I mean, if that makes sense, as far as how my fear may be connected to this particular collection of random incoherent thoughts, wonderings, and poems. Yeah. So that it makes complete sense um and i i think too though some of the most powerful powerful work that you come across whether it's in poetry or writing or music anything that wants to get beyond the surface you know to 
to cut through that skin um, in a literal and metaphorical sense, there's going to be harm in some way. Um, it's going to be a softening of who you are internally or emotionally. And um, it's, it demands something in return. Yeah. You know, you can't sit here, you can't open it up and you can't find a page. <laughs> I happen to open it to affliction country. You can't open it and not be confronted mm -hmm. and expected to, um, you can't just, oh, this is a nice one. And then turn <laughs> the page and go to the next one. <laughs> oh, that's pretty. It has teeth yeah. and, you know, <laughs> the color purple, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's not what it is. No. So uh, do you, do you mind reading that? Yeah, country? Absolutely. yeah. Okay, no, great, here it is. Uh, affliction country. Pick up your teeth, friend, you've arrived. There, 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 that is the borderline of your affliction country. When you look back over your purpled shoulders and say to its paper cut grass, it's rotten apple orchards, and speckled black buffalo. I am grateful for you. Yeah, I mean, that that presents a, an image that's not just, for me personally, it opens up a lot of questions, yeah. um, but also a layer of recognition. You know, when you sit with it for a little while, it's like, oh, I, okay. <laughs> You know, yeah. I feel this, I don't know exactly what it is you're talking about, but you are definitely talking about something that, that um, I'm beginning to hate the word resonates because it gets used so much, but it, it, it strikes a tone that my internal, you know, chord vibrates with. So, yeah. and I love that. Yeah, that one in particular is, I think something I, I learned through majority of my childhood trauma or even the pain of pastoring or any suffering or trauma you can go through, no matter what it looks like, I, I would try to encourage people even in pastoring or I encourage myself that I think you've come to the end of that particular episode of suffering the moment you realize you are grateful for its suffering. Mm -hmm. And so as much, I, I connect with that as much as possible. That, that might be one of my favorite ones in there in the sense that it, meant the most to me um, of geez if your purpled shoulders and so on and so forth and you've walked through this horrible thing but you can only see the line once you start to approach gratitude and so i hope that moth in and of itself is a form of gratitude for all of the pain that i've had not because for the pain itself but before its transformation and its transfiguration process so hopefully that sets up moth as a whole going there's a lot of pain in here but from ruins, hopefully to something praiseworthy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That comes, that, like I said, it comes through not just in the writing, but your thoughtful consideration of how it's put together, your use of, I mean, as I'm, a, I'm trained as a visual artist. So mm. when I pick this book up, it's, you know, it's like, it's an object to, to hold and oh, enjoy. Wow. And also to, you know, even if I just page through you know, right away, the pages are black. Yeah. That says something there is, there is purpose. You know, you, you have, there's consideration to every aspect, whether it's you leave uh, facing black pages after something or include a shadowed moth. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, 
it, it's beyond just a, just another book. So that means a lot. Yes, thank you so much. I obviously I think Moth would lack um, sort of a, an ethos or uh, an experience if it wasn't Black Pages to try to explain because Moth is less about the actual insect; it's more about mm -hmm. coming from darkness to light. And of course, these books had these pages had to be dark on all levels in order for people to realize that you're stepping into hopefully this like little cavern of a moment. Um, and from there, hopefully the light that is in there are the words. Yeah. So it's hopefully those words themselves are the most lit thing within the entire book. And then it's completely encased in absolute gross. You know, I wanted to pick putrid colors on purpose. <laughs> that was completely on purpose. I don't know that I find. would call it putrid. <laughs> well, putrid in the sense of normally these rose pinks and joker greens aren't accompanying together but I wanted yeah. to find something that I wanted to feel like it clashed like you were looking at Freddy Krueger's sweater I wanted it to feel like you just everything <laughs> uh -oh. on this was clashing um and I'll share this with you only I don't know if you found the secret message in the green oh my goodness now I'm there gonna be ashamed oh is it in the nope, back it is there's a secret message in the green and I'm trying to see it it's 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 not for anybody to see but it's for somebody to find but okay. it just says, it just says at the very end, I think it says, sorry to everyone I've ever hurt. So it's just a form of apology to oh, hopefully show some redemption of my own heart and mind as I've gone through this poem journey. I did not realize that until you said it. And for the, the puzzle hunter in me, it's like, I can't believe I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, as just, I don't know what, to, I mean, you've been trained as a pastor, were you trained as an artist at all? Because I'm curious, you know, the, the conceptual development of this entire project, there wasn't yeah. there, you didn't skip a detail. <laughs> Thank, that's very sweet of you. And I know that you are um, addicted to books, that you are a <laughs> yeah. self-proclaimed book addict. So this coming from you means a lot. Um, I, I wasn't officially trained as an illustrator or artist that that was I struggled so much and maybe you can relate to this as somebody who is trained. Um, somebody who tells me to draw a face by drawing a circle with like the cross in it just makes me want it makes me want to vomit I, I find that so distracting and so painful to go through the recipe of expressing yourself I, I hated it. I know there's learn anatomy so you can later break the rules. I know all that and I agree with it while at the same time, I couldn't ever physically do it. So I may have tried art school um, and doing, but I normally, I normally dropped out. And so um, from there though, that was how I was through illustration. But as far as design, it was basically just because I was thrown into different church situations where I, hey, design a bulletin, design a screen, design whatever it was back in the day. and that was me kind of being shoved to, if you don't know it, figure it out. Yeah. And we got all the way to the point where my wife and I started a book craft country, book craft country. Oh my gosh. I just read affliction <laughs> country. I just saw right here. We read, we started a book craft company and we wanted to put something out there as far as trying to tell people there's more to book layout, book design, book formatting, exterior, interior, than just what you see. 
than just a six by nine, than a five by eight. And so Moth was trying to break the rules on sizing, on page color, on how you mess with a barcode. Um, so we were trying to break rules and show people in our little teeny book craft com uh, company that, that there's more to it than what's on the shelf. So that was sort of that attempt and how do we make this as different as possible? Well, at the same time as, I guess for lack of better words, as cool as possible. We wanted to still be like, this is a cool book. Like this feels good. Yeah. Um, a, just a, a little side note on the size. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. I, I was raised a lapsed Catholic. So, mm. you know, I was a Catholic in title only, um, mm -hmm. never did any of the stuff. But I was always threatened with these little psalters in these little prayer books. And yeah. that's a good point. And, and this is the size of a prayer book. You're right. You're uh, right. So I just thought that was interesting that that it was an aesthetic choice, but it fits right into the concept. So that's a that's a good catch. I didn't see that, but you're right. There is something inherently like traditional spiritual about it just from size from Catholicism. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So the, a, a natural segue there talking about your book design company is Albatross. Yeah, I really I would love for you to share about Albatross. You talked a little bit how it how it came to be. Um, just keep building yeah. on that because I think it's really great. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I when I left pastoral ministry uh, a couple of years ago, um, we were we were starting to figure out, okay, this has been in my entire life. What do we want to do? You know, um, mostly me, what do I want to do? My wife is a trained licensed school teacher, but I've been in the publishing industry since 2012, as far as illustrating and writing children's books and so on and so forth. And so there was this natural obsession with books and with print. And I'm not one of those people who at all think print's going to die out. I think if anything, it's getting stronger. And so it's like, okay, what if we just started to design books? And that was sort of a joke and that would be neat, but this was at the height or the start of the pandemic. And what we found was, is I was getting um, a good amount of requests for book cover designs. And I was finding that every time I would do a book cover, they would then take it to a formatter, an interior typesetter and, typesetter, and the book would not match its cover. And it was driving me absolute bonkers for mostly self-published authors and, you know, even some publishing companies. So my wife, being the badass that she is, learned how to do interior typesetting. And now our goal was to, if I do the exterior and she does the interior and we present this to the world of let us be a one-stop shop. And I know there's tons of other companies out there who are doing it and probably doing it better than us. But if we could do something along those lines. Um, and use the contacts I've had, use the skill that we've gotten and use some of the networking that we have, what could kind of come of this? And because it was the height of the pandemic, what we were shocked by was the onslaught of work we got, because I do think that since everybody was gifted with the gift of time, they're like, I'm gonna get this book done. I'm gonna mm -hmm. get this novel done. I'm gonna get this children's book done, which just made our inbox explode. And when we first started, we were, we. We, we still don't know what we're doing in some respects. It's the publishing world is so massive and everybody's got their own rules. It's entirely the wild west, but we've come a long way the last couple of years. And so our goal was to create a company that was hopefully a good experience 
with trusted people who've been in the industry, the publishing industry for years. Uh, and again, even my wife using her licensing from teaching to help with um, editing and proofreading. And so we felt like we were offering, hopefully anybody who wants to create a book, something hopefully special and more than what they used to. And they don't have to get lost with who to use here or who to use there. And, and again, Moth was born out of that going because everybody said, we want our book to be six by nine, but pop off the shelves. I wanted to look, everybody was like, I wanted to look like every other book, um, but still pop. And that's every single email header line was make it special, but fall all the parameters of how you would normally do every other book. And that was starting to make it special, but make it normal. Yes. And <laughs> I was like, okay, what if we did something that fell under Albatross's label and showed people we can do something really special and try to expand people's minds, um, you know, for those who need expanding, expand people's minds of we can do something really, really cool here. So we've done many different books for self-publishers. We work for a couple different imprints and fall under their radar and we just provide all their books. Um, but Moth's, or Moth's, uh, Albatross's even goal is to eventually start being its own publication. Um, Moth was the start of that. There's a few children's books of mine. I'm currently working on a novel and a few other things where we're gonna start wanting to do more and more um, and, and hopefully, you know, Susan's book, things like that. We want to start doing more and more and get this out there and present them in a very, very special way. So we've got big dreams for it. Will it happen? We have no idea, but we're going to keep riding this wave as long as we can. Side note, and I can edit this out if we need to. What made you choose the name Albatross? Oh yeah. You don't need to, no, yeah. You don't need to edit that out. That was, uh, <laughs> that was the rhyme of the ancient Mariner. Okay. Uh, so Albatross, um, you know, probably one of the more spiritual animals there is for yeah. any, for any sailor who's on its journey, it represented this, this grace of God that is with you. And there's a little darkness to it where if you were to shoot down the albatross, you would wear it around your neck and you'd be cursed. Yeah. So we'd love that idea. And plus, if anybody's seen a picture of an albatross, they're like giant dinosaurs. They're just yeah. they're like the biggest birds <laughs> out there. And so we wanted to be a big bird out there. And so we, we like the term, we love the poem, the rhyme of the ancient mariner, and we love its symbolism. Um, it's funny though, because one, I'll just say this, one client we worked with, he wanted us to change our name for just his book and said, can you call yourself Sunshine Company? They literally said the Sunshine Company because albatrosses uh, represent um, bad omens. And we said, that's not what they represent, only if you kill it like what you're doing right now, what <laughs> you're trying to do right now, <laughs> will kill it. But they actually represent a sign of that God's grace is with you on your journey. Um, so that's how we got it. We like the bird. We like the story. We like the mythology behind the animal. Oh, that's great. That's great. I'm glad I asked. I almost didn't because, you know, you, you do hear like the negative side of it. Yeah. And so I just wanted to make sure that's what it, yes. that, I, that I had it relatively right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Do you have, you mentioned some of the other works you have in process. You've got a novel, children's book. Do you have any more poetry coming or, and you yes. sound like you got a lot going. We do, we do have a lot going on. I am um, very, for, I think we did the math the other day and I'm working on like nine to 10 children's books illustrating. I'm working on one that I'm authoring and illustrating. Um, Moth took a lot out of me. Um, and it was a collection of multiple years of poems. So 
to to redo it might take me a while to get back to that notch and because it took so much out of me I kind of needed a little bit of a breathing room so I, I moved that over to sense. a novel yeah I was I don't I didn't want to get get pregnant right away again even though there's yeah. stuff brewing I just was like that was a beast um that I'm still part of today I'm still talking about it so I'm very happy about it but as far as producing more I definitely do want to do more um, and this wasn't cheap <laughs> as well. <laughs> so to be able to do that again, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, working on a novel, my first novel, which hopefully is poetic, but um, it's probably going to be career suicide for anybody who buys my work for children's books. It's horror. And so okay. a, coming of, a coming of age horror story that um, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do okay. writing a novel. I don't know how novelists do it. It's so intense. Well, coming of age in and of itself is a horror. So to add an added another <laughs> horror dimension. That's exact. No, you're a hundred percent right. Yes. Yes. You're right. Um, Casey, I would really like you to um, take a second and give our listeners information where they can find you, your social media, uh, where they can find Albatross. Yeah. yeah. Anything you want to share where they can hunt you down and Sure, I'd be honored. Um, send you yeah, lots of emails. Yeah, yeah, they can send me as many emails as they want. Um, Moth isn't on Amazon because um, I we don't have the time or bandwidth to go through the seller aspect of constantly shipping it out, and so Amazon it's a it's a crazy monster in its own way. So we couldn't do that. So Moth can only be found through Albatross's site. So Albatross Book Company, albatrossbookco.com is available there and it's cheap. And so that's there. Um, but beyond that, yeah, albatrossbookco.com, if anybody's interested in chatting more about possibly working with us, we'd be honored to work with anybody in any project and, and helping them get their novel, work, project, whatever out there and actualize it. Um, social media, I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on Twitter. I don't even have a phone. Um, so the only way is probably Instagram message. And I don't know what my handle is, but if you type Casey Fritz in, it'll probably come up. And then, uh, yeah, all my emails through my website, csfritz.art, A-R-T, is out there as well. So if anybody's interested in wanting to say hello or tell me I suck or give me a hug, whatever it is, I'm, I'm open <laughs> to it. Um, Albatross Book is, co. they are yeah. Book Co. They're also yeah. on Instagram. So yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they can it's hunt you down there as well. Yep. Yeah, and, and Instagram message or whatever it is, we can, we'll find a way to chat, absolutely. Are there any other pieces from Moth that you'd like, you know, are there any that, that sit with you a little bit longer that you would like to make sure the audience gets a chance to hear or any favorites you just wanna share? Sure. Um, I think this will probably show people even more so, um, at least audibly show people the idea of where maybe some of that fear I was talking about or hesitation comes from as far as the book goes, or I talk about what the church should and shouldn't be. And so I can read that. It's called Church of Jesus Christ. Fear the preacher who doesn't have dirt beneath his fingernails. Cast out of the city gates all the sleeping prophets. Pack steel wool in the throats of the docile counselors. Replace the, uh, the grumblers' torches with mirrors. Drain the shallow waters. They're only good for cleaning velvet pews. 
Those with milky lips look at the pounds of rotting meat. Let's burn the inverted steeples, ATMs, glass pulpits, and pink Ferris wheels, and give paint to the sinners. Serve warm communion bread to skeptics. Give stages to the blackened sheep and wash with wine the feet of the molesters. It's really subtle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that first line though, fear the preacher who doesn't have dirt under his fingernails. Yeah. Um, that really, uh, that captures something deep almost immediately. And then as you keep going, you yeah. know, this is, this is, this is like prophet stuff. You know, the mm. things that, that should come out of a prophet's mouth warnings and pay attention yeah. to this. And, you know, and a, a prophet is seldom loved in his own country. So, um, so I understand the fear, the fear of being truthful, the fear of really laying it out there. So um, it takes yeah. courage, takes a lot of strength. And again, to backtrack, you do it so beautifully that, mm. um, yeah, just well done. Thank you. No, Thank you for sharing that. Uh, one of the things that I do when I start to finish up an interview is I ask people, is there a question that you wish somebody would ask you? Something oh. that you would like to be able to share or... That is a great question. I think I wish probably I would be asked more about the, the God who's, rep, who's spoken about in Moth and not the God that people seem so fearful to be honest with. Mm. So sometimes I wish, and this isn't you saying, I just sometimes wonder if people realize that there's probably a God or a Lord or whatever, you know, they may say that is beyond um, somebody that you need to hide yourself with. Um, so I'm always fascinated by that, that Lord, that Savior, that mediator, that God. So I find that as a question. So the God that is not the God we've created. Yeah, I, I think I think the God we've created. Everybody does that. I do that. You do. That. We all do. Still do that. We bring to God our own POV and worldview and filter. And you know, He's like my dad, or He's like this cop, or He's like this judge, and and things like that. And I think what nobody has made him, and, and I think can affect one's faith or poetry is the fact that um, he's, he's not a God that you can be completely honest with or cuss at or get frustrated with or scream at, and that's just not portrayed. And so Moth in my own life has sought to get to a point where there's a relationship that's so thick between God and the person of faith that somebody can have that level of, I don't know, relationship, interconnectivity, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. And that's what Moth was trying to model is um, until there's that level of honesty, I think you're probably missing who 
God actually might be. And I'm not saying I found him. I, I want to at least give that caveat. I'm not saying I'm perfect or figured something out that somebody else hasn't. Please don't hear that. Um, I would just say keep pushing beyond whatever is most creamy and milky and comfortable and velvety. You know, that's I think God lies outside of that. You know, God and that that's what this was trying to, to say as I hold up my book, Moth. So yeah. No, well, that it's well said in Moth. And um, and this I, you know, I, I also want to add this is this is not this is not a book just for people of faith or the people no, that struggle right. with faith. This is right. this is an exploration of a of a truth that exists. And it is an opportunity for people to give voice to some of the things that they're thinking that they're not necessarily allowed to to put out there so no you're right and thank you for saying that yeah this is hardly just a book for somebody who's struggling with faith this is for thoughts about like i said parental wound and there's some a lot of random weird stuff in here too that is supposed to just be a palate cleanser while at the same time spark curiosity and say something about me and say something about poetry so you're absolutely right so thank you for saying that all right well thank you again this has been great thank you i appreciate it so no thank you susan it means a lot I want to encourage you to grab your own copy of Moth by C.S. Fritz, as well as drop a plug here for Albatross Book Company. If you are looking for some place, someone to walk you through the experience of bringing your words to life, please give them a look over. Moth is one of the most thoughtful books I've seen put together. And if that's an example of the work they do, they can help turn your words into a work of art as well. So once again, look for Casey on Instagram at C-A-S-E-Y underscore F-R-I-T-Z and for Albatross Book Company at albatrossdesignco.com. Now, not to be confused with the Sunshine Company, and if you listen to our episode, you know what I'm talking about. Make sure you head over to csfritz.art to explore his work, his other books, and maybe even order a copy of his gorgeous children's book titled Goodnight Tales, a family treasury of read-aloud stories. That's it for today. I'm closing out this episode with spring finally and fully here. I feel like so many of us are emerging from a winter season that is about more than cold weather. Are we emerging from our pandemic experiences? From the prairie fire of social unrest that continues to burn? From slow healing experiences? I don't know, whatever it is, it feels like the limping return has begun. I have another great conversation coming up soon about how to read poetry. But until then, I hope you find kindness in your days, that you are able to create in the way you were meant to, to paint, write poetry, write prose, Work with clay, craft, cook, whatever it is that you do that makes you you, do it. And let's remember to support each other along the way. Compare notes, not each other. And always remember to be kind. Until next time.